Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. I am grateful for how God will prepare us, how He puts in our heart the answers before we enter into situations and circumstances that are going to call for them. And that's why the more we give Him our attention, the greater prepared that we are. He's teaching us. Every day He's teaching us. Every day he's helping us enter into his very best. And the greater we cooperate with him and participate with him, the more we experience of that best that God has in store for us. He said, I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts of good with an end and an expectation. I like to say it this way. The the plans that God has for us, are plans that are worth looking forward to. (laughs) You won't be disappointed. When you come to His fullness, you won't walk away disappointed, but you will experience and taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Amen. Tell somebody, the Lord is good. He is good. What He has for you is good. What He's got planned for us is good. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. And that word mercy isn't have mercy on him. You know, like poor pitiful thing you. No, that word mercy is his tender loving kindness. His compassion for us. His desire to bring his love into every aspect of our life so that everywhere we look, we see the goodness of God, the help of God, the strength of God, the wisdom of God. That's his desire for us. And our participation is the, is the key to how much of that we are able to experience in our life. You know, one of the things that the Lord dealt with us back in October, he said, we are entering into a season that will require the walk of faith. A season that will require the walk of faith. And then he, he spoke this to me. He said, a greater depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. A greater depth of skill. Do you think that we could all come into a greater depth of skill in walking in the Spirit? Yeah. I know I've been making that my objective. I've been setting that as my high watermark, that I want to be uh, more accurate in my walk, my daily walk, the thoughts that I'm thinking throughout the day, the interactions that I'm having with my family throughout the day. Is love governing the responses I give my husband? Is love governing the responses I give my child when she has asked me 25,000 questions, that's an exaggeration, in five minutes? right? Oh, praise the Lord, (laughs) right? Is love governing that? I'm looking at these areas of my life and desiring that greater skill. And he gave me a scripture with this instruction, and he gave me the scripture from when Joshua was leading the children of Israel into the promised land, and he said, the Ark of the Covenant is going to go before us. And God says, that we are going in a place we, or a direction or a path that we've never gone before. So keep the Ark of the Covenant in a place where you can see it, where you can follow, because you, so that you may know the way you should go, is how the Scripture says. We want to know the way we should go. So we've got to be so sensitive to the moving of the Spirit in our own personal lives how he leads us. That was one of the first things that he uh, spoke to me on October the 9th. He said, be certain with the leading of my spirit. Know the leading with a certainty. Know the leading of the Holy Spirit with a certainty. 
when you are certain that's God telling me to stop at this stoplight even though it's not red, it's because he's leading you to protect you. I remember Pastor Steele, this was years ago, we were driving in the Kansas area. He was driving the church van and we were taking some teenagers to a youth event and he was going through a four-way stoplight and the Lord said, stop. And he's like, Lord, it's green. And the Lord said, stop. And he did immediately. And a, a drunk driver ran through that red light and Pastor Steele was rejoicing that he knew the, the voice of the Lord. And that he didn't override that voice with reasoning. It, it did come up. He's like, Lord, it's green. Stop. But it was such a, 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 a direct and a, an, an abrupt stop that he, he did. And the, everybody's like, why is he stopping? <laughs> because he had some inside information. And that's why God wants us to live by the inside information. So don't wait until you're going through a stop sign to know, is that me or is that God? Start with when God tells you to, uh, you know, make sure to check and see if you've got your wallet in your purse. To check and see if you turn the oven off and whatever. Go follow that prompting because he wants you to know his leading with the certainty. The Lord said to practice obedience. Know the leading with the certainty, practice obedience. The obedience is more than don't be disobedient, but look at that obedience as I want to be good at that. <laughs> I want to, I'm looking for something to act on. I'm looking for what do I need, to, what word do I need to put to work in my life today? Is it rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I say rejoice. Is it, uh, if you have ought against any, drop it, leave it, let it go? Is it, you know, what is that scripture that he's, he's prompting you and that instant obedience or that acting on that obedience is practice for us? Then he said, develop humility and the love walk. They need to be developed. Develop humility and the love walk. When... Um, We've taught on humility. We've seen how connected the humility is to walking in love. And when you see the description in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 of love in action, love is patient, love is kind, uh, love doesn't vaunt itself, it doesn't seek its own ways, it doesn't take account of a suffered wrong, we begin to see that's a description of what love looks like when it's working. And a lot of those descriptions are humility. It, you see how they're connected when you begin to look closely at them. And then the Lord said, uh, he said, know the leading with a certainty, practice obedience, develop humility and the love walk. The fruit of the Spirit is vital. The fruit of the Spirit is vital. And then the fifth thing he said was the trust in God, his ways, and his word are safeguards. And so um, tonight we're going to be talking more about that trust in the Lord. But this morning I want to continue with what we were discussing last Sunday morning about the fruit of patience. Because we want to be obedient to what God has told us. We want to enter into all of the promises you know, the scripture he gave me from Joshua chapter 3 was when they were entering into the promised land. And God's bringing us into some things that will require a spiritual walk. They will require the walk of faith. They will require that we know the leading with the certainty. They will require that we have humility because we found out the reason God wants us to have humility developed in our life is because he wants to exalt us. He cannot exalt pride and he has to have that humility grounded so that when the exaltation or the promotion comes we'll be safe with it it won't hurt us it won't be damaging for God to be able to promote us because we know it's him we found out that humility means I am dependent upon God. Everything good that's going on in me, he did it. It's God in me that has given me the talent, the personality, the ability that I have on my job. It's not me, myself, and I. It's the Lord is the one who has made me and not me, myself. 
So when we recognize all of these different components and how they're working together to prepare us to enter into more, God has more for us. God has more for us of his wisdom. He has more of his strength for us. He has more of his ability to flow through us. He has more for our families. He has more for our finances. God has more. He wants us to be able to enter into that more. And that's how we do so is by growing spiritually. You know, all that God has for us is, um, is spiritually received. All that God has for us is, is in the spirit, the spiritual flow, the blessing of the Lord. He has already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, right? How do we get them? By interacting with those exceeding great and precious promises. The, the word is spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit. So the, we're interacting with the word to access the provision of God. He has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Can you be more blessed if he's already blessed you with spirit, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places? Amen. We just got to learn how to interact with them. And we can't interact with them in the head, in our mind, reasoning. In the natural, unrenewed mind, we're not going to enter into all that God has for us. We're not going to enter into them being carnal. We're not going to enter, look, I'm smiling we're not going to enter into them being carnal. I'm going to say it again. We're not going to enter into them walking according to natural human ability with the, with the attitudes of the flesh or the efforts of the flesh. What we have is a spiritual provision. We walk in the Spirit. Another depth of skill of walking in the Spirit will access all of those provisions that are already there. We don't have to get God to do any of the things he's already done. Remember the example, if I begged my husband, got down on my knees in front of him and said, please marry me. He can't be any more married to me than he is already. He's already married. We could even stand in front of a, of a minister and renew our vows, but that would not make us any more married than we were before we said the words. Amen. We're already married. We need to recognize and participate with all that is available in that unity that God blesses. Amen? So in the same way, we're already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We just have to learn how to walk in the blessing. How do we do that? Walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in love. Walk in faith. All of those are spiritual flows. And the more adept we get at those spiritual flows, the more God is able to move and to minister of his resources in our life. So we want to recognize that the fruit of the Spirit is already available to every person who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The fruit of the Spirit is in our heart yet it may not be cultivated. The ability of that fruit is there. Nobody has to say, God, give me patience. If you're a believer, you don't have to pray and ask God, give me patience. He gave you patience in the fruit of the Spirit. He gave you patience in the new birth. It's in you, but you may have to cultivate it. You may have to to learn how to yield to that patience, learn how to feed that patience through the Word of God, how to strengthen yourself in that patience, and how to cooperate with that patience. You know, when Pastor and I began pastoring in the Kansas location, we're celebrating 25 years this year in the pastoring in that location. Um, we had some people who had been serving God years and years and years. They had been, you know, taught some religious things and they had a wrong, they loved God, but they had a wrong understanding about certain things. They had a religious idea about some things. And one of the things was about patience. 
And I remember we were having a Bible study and one of those sisters lifted her hand and she said, I just want to be honest with you. I have been taught all of my Christian life not to pray for patience because God is going to put me through all kinds of difficulty if I do. That if I pray for patience, have anybody else? That's a pretty common kind of mis- misconception in, in religion, in, in some teachings. Now, now, if you pray for patience, just get ready. Just buckle your seatbelt. You know, just go ahead and prepare for the trials, tests, and temptations that are coming your way. Because if you pray for patience, God, God's going to put you through. But that's not God's method of operation. And that's not what Scripture says. And I know where that idea comes from. And we'll just go ahead and address that in James chapter 1, verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And I have even encountered a, 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 one of the translation that says, produces. But the fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Spirit of God indwelling me, by the Word. The, I'm born again of the Word. The Word's in me. The, the Holy Spirit is in me. He is the producer of the patience of God. It's the life of the Spirit producing the patience. When, I am, when my faith is being tried, patience is the tool I need to pull out of the, the drawer, out of the toolbox. And we discussed that a little bit, but we're going to just jump off from right there. When I am, when I am, when I'm, y'all, it took me a while to learn how to flip an egg without breaking the yolk. I'm telling you. But, you know, one of the problems I was having was what I was trying to use. You got to have the right spatula to flip that egg so you don't break the yolk, right? Okay? And, and if people are trying to use the wrong tool, they're not going to get the right results. And if, if you are trying, when you are in a time that your faith is being tested and the enemy is saying it's not working, it's not working, there's no change in your symptoms, there's no change in your finances, you've been quoting the word and it's not working, and look how long it's been, and look how long you've been standing. That's the test, that test of that time, it's not working because look how long it has taken. I'm glad that Daniel didn't quit because the the angel showed up and said, from the moment you spoke, the Lord sent the answer. It took me 21 days to get through the adversity that was surrounding you. But from the moment you spoke, moment you prayed, the answer started moving towards you. If he would have given up, the answer would not have been able to get to him. But because he stayed... He stayed, say it, say it with me, he stayed. Because he stayed in that place, God was able to continue bringing that answer to him. Amen? And so patience is the tool that we need to put to work. The trying of your faith puts patience to work. That's the tool you need to pull out of the toolbox. That's the tool that you need to, the, the, the instrument you need to pull out of the kitchen drawer. You need to put patience to work on that because patience is like the undergirding of a bridge. You know, that bridge that's spanning a long, a long distance, maybe over a water, uh, over a, a body of water. That bridge has to have those undergirdings that holds it up. It strengthens it from underneath. That faith is going all the way across, but it needs that strength under it to hold it up. Because if, if, if you start believing, it, it, there's a lot of people who start believing, but they don't finish believing. Because their patience ran short. You've got to have enough patience to keep your faith going until the going on comes on, <laughs> until the manifestation of the miracle takes place. I believe I received when I prayed, but there may be, especially in, in different kinds of situations. And the, the one that is the most 
easily explained is when you're standing for the salvation of your loved one. Maybe you're believing for a child, for a spouse, or, or a, a, a cousin, an uncle, aunt, your parent to be saved. And you're standing on the scripture, you're believing God, you're holding them up before the Lord, you're covering them with the blood of Jesus, you're calling for God to send laborers across their path, you're, you're in that place. And then you have to look and see how they're acting. Well, the whole time you're trying to believe God, you see decisions that make you cringe. You see their actions and their behavior and you think, what was I doing? I was praying, but is it making any difference? And you don't see how God has sent somebody across the path. And, and so you've got to be patient and allow what your faith is doing to continue its operation because if you draw back in, in your faith, if you draw back because you don't think it's working, why? Because it's been so long and you've been standing. So you draw back and you say, well, I guess it's not working. Well, then there's no shield. The shield of faith just dropped, right? There's, that shield is doing more than, than we realize sometimes. That whole time that you're praying and quoting the word, great shall be the peace of my children. My children shall be taught of the Lord. I will refrain my voice from weeping because the Lord will bring my children from afar. He will bring them back from the land of the enemy. Amen. I, I'm, I'm holding my shield up. I got my shield up. We were talking about that scripture that Brother uh, Pastor Rule used when he was standing for Colby. And he, the Lord gave him a scripture from Hosea that said, I will hedge up their paths. And the, Pastor Rule was seeing all of the, the, the decisions that were contrary to what he was praying, but he just kept in his prayer time, I'm hedging up the paths, Lord. Build up a wall in the direction he's going because there's nothing but danger at the end of that road. Build up a wall, Lord. Hedge up his path. Hedge up his path. Hedge up his path. Thorns on his path, Lord. Don't let him be able to walk that path anymore. Turn him around. He's standing there holding that shield of faith. And then God was able to, to put the 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 people across his path, put the situations that brought him to himself and, and breakthrough. Amen. But what if, what if his, his mom and dad had just said, it's not working. You know, it's just a hopeless case. A lot of people had said that. He, he testified to that last week. A lot of people had said that. Hallelujah. But God, but God, but God, and he's a man of God with an anointing and a call on his life today because God came in and answered that prayer because that shield of faith stayed up. But it took the patience. It took the patience to undergird the faith. And that's what we want to recognize as we look at this in um, Scripture today. Uh, the Scripture that we started with initially was Hebrews 12.1. Let's go back and visit that one. Because we want to recognize um, the aspect of endurance. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, say that right here, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset, and let us run. So there's some things we've got to lay aside. We've got to lay aside the, uh, the, every weight and the sin which easily besets and so that we can run with patience the race that is set before us. So because that phrase is there, run with patience, we now know this is not a sprint. This is not a timed event. This is not something that we've got to go as fast and hard as we can with all of our strength and all of our might to be the first one across the finish line. That's not the objective here. That's not the mindset. It's not all out, all, all, no holds barred. No, no, no. We're, this is a patience run. This is a run that's going to require pacing ourselves it's, gonna, it's a run that requires 
the ability to make it long term. I remember when I first met my pastor and I, I saw their ministry and I saw their integrity. And I'd been around some other ministries and had been connected with some other ministries that had exploded and then fizzled and they weren't walking with God anymore. And I, my heart desire, I, when the, I, I asked Pastor Caldwell and Sister Jeannie, I said, I would like to ask you to pray for me because I want the longevity I see in your ministry. I want the accuracy to do what God has told you to do in my ministry. I don't want to be a shooting star. I'm not here to be famous. God will use his blessing and make my name great for his glory, not for my glory, not for my glory, but so that he can be exalted, so that people can see God in us. Amen? But I'm not trying to be famous. That's not my aim. That's not my goal. That's not on my radar. I want longevity. I want to stand before the Lord and give an account for those who have been shepherded under our ministry and be able to, to give an account with joy for feeding you and watching over you and ministering the Word of God to you and, and, and keeping the Word in a place of accuracy, keeping what, what is taught in the ministry accurate. I want the longevity. Pastor would refer to himself. He would say that one of, one of the ministry friends that he had, he said it was Dr. Dufresne, he, he said that he often, Dr. Dufresne joked and said, I'm like the rabbit and you're the tortoise. Right? And Pastor Caldwell said, well, as long as I cross the, cross the finish line. His aim is not to be the first one across the finish line, just to cross the finish line. But sometimes that'll put you across the finish line when other people... Maybe, maybe not that Dr. Dufresne didn't hit his course, but I'm just saying that that mindset, that perception is I want to be steady. I want to make it to the end. I don't want to lose out energy-wise, ministry-wise, integrity-wise. I don't want to come up short and not cross the finish line. And so that's what we're recognizing as we look at this, that patience helps us for the endurance. The word endurance is often used in translating this, ver- this word patience in this case. As we look through this study, we're going to find that there are two different New Testament words. One of them is most often uh, that, is, that we see translated long-suffering in King James is that's the one that we see in the fruit of the Spirit. That long-suffering is how patience works in our relationships. What pa- the, the action of patience in the marriage. The action of patience in our relationship with our children. What patience looks like when it's interacting with other people. It is like it's long-suffering. Rick Renner says it's like having a very long wick on a candle that just keeps burning and burning and burning and burning. If you've got a candle with a short wick, it's not going to last long. It, when, that, when that wick runs out, then the, the blow up, right? Then, then we're going to see a different response. But when we're long-suffering, when patience is working in my relationships, it's like I have a wick that just keeps burning. I, I can just keep on walking in love. I can just keep on having a soft answer that turns away wrath. I can just keep on having, uh, you know, a, a, a response that is a love-governed response in that situation. So we're going to look a little bit more uh, about that as we look forward, but today I want to continue on the aspect of the steadfastness and the endurance. We have found out there are a number of occasions in the New Testament where the New Testament believer is instructed, hold fast, be steadfast, unmovable. 
It says that in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, that because of this victory we have in him, we can be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That is an instruction. Why? Because the tendency of the flesh is to give up. The tendency of the flesh is to throw in the towel. The tendency of the flesh is to change my mind. But God says, be steadfast and unmovable. And because he gave us scripture, we can do it. If you have to pull the scripture off the page, put it in your mouth, put it in your heart, there's power in that verse to be steadfast. You don't have to find it in yourself. Find it in the scripture, put the scripture in your heart, and the energy, the spiritual ability to be steadfast is right here in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we pull it out of the scripture and we begin to declare it. I am steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. I am steadfast in this relationship and unmovable. I am steadfast in this stand for the salvation of my loved ones. I am unmovable. I am like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I shall not be moved. I shall not be I, you just go ahead and sing it to yourself walking through the house. I shall not be moved. I shall not be. I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Just sing it and, 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 and keep that in the forefront steadfast. I'm steadfast. I'm not changing because the enemy wants to make us change. He can't defeat you if you take your stand and stay there. He can't defeat you because he doesn't have anything to defeat you with. He's already defeated. You're already in the victory because thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In Christ, we are already victorious. So Satan can't defeat me as long as I stay there in Christ. As long as I stay there. So since he can't defeat us, he doesn't have any weapons to take us out with. He has to deceive and in that deception, he'll talk people into quitting. Not you, because you're developing your patience. But he talks people into quitting. And he talks people into giving up. And he talks people into thinking that the word's not working. And he talks people into thinking that that faith stuff is, isn't, isn't for today. But we are not of those who draw back. We are not of those who draw back. We are steady forward, steady forward. You know, when I was a little girl, I loved to go with my granddaddy to the holler. And, and yeah, the holler. It's an East Tennessee kind of thing. The holler. You can't do anything. It's just like this, this, there's, you, his tractor would fit down the holler. And what I liked about it is I would like to ride on the tractor. That was part of the fun of it. I would get to ride on the tractor. And so he would be the, the hauler, the terrain and the geography of the hauler, you couldn't get a pickup truck through it. So he would take his tractor and he would, it would be so hilly and so did different kind of things. He would just have to put it down into low gear. Wasn't fast. We weren't zooming through the hauler, but, but just slow and steady. Slow and steady, riding those bumps, riding that terrain, right? Just, just slow and steady because at the other end was the blackberry patch. There were blackberries, wild blackberries at the other end, and we were going to come home with some buckets of blackberries. And, but to get there, we had to get on that, that tractor and that slow and steady. And, and that's where we need to be about some things that we're standing in faith for. Hey, 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 that time thing is not even an issue with me. I'm going to pull the whole time thing back because God is outside of time. He's not limited by time. He's able to, to do exceeding abundantly above all 
that I ask or think according to the power that works in me. So I'm not going to limit God by putting a time restraint on him when he's not working out of time. He's not, he's not in time. He's not working according to time. He's the one governing time. So I'm just going to not let that time be a tool against me, a weapon the enemy can use against me. I'm just going to pull that off my radar. Time isn't my, my, what I'm looking for. The Word is what I've got on my radar. And with the Word as, my, as what my, my, my schematic of what I'm looking at, I can see what God is doing without being able to see what God is doing. With the eyes of faith, I can see God at work. With the eyes of faith, I, I have knowings and sensings and promptings in my spirit. I know that God is faithful. He is, he is faithful. He is faithful to His covenant. He is faithful and He gave me a heritage that great shall be the peace of my children, and my children shall be taught of the Lord. I'm not moved by what I see. If, I, if that's my scripture schematic, blueprint, if that's what I'm studying, if that's what I'm looking at, if that's got my attention, great shall be the peace of my children, and my children shall be taught of the Lord. That's what my attention is on. Then whatever they're posting on Facebook, means absolutely nothing. Don't add that into your equation. Don't put that down on the paper and, and with the plus sign. Well, this, yeah, uh, Isaiah 54, 13 plus what they just posted. That is the wrong equation. Get your eraser out. Erase that, what they posted. Isaiah 53, 14 plus... God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. That's what I'm going to add right there. Instead of that post I just saw, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. And that means he won't change his mind just because it makes, he's got to do it the hard way. He's not going to change his mind to make it easy on himself. When mankind fell, God didn't say, I'm just going to change my mind. I'm going to just delete the whole universe and start over. Just delete everything I created and start over because man fell. No, no, no. He said, I'll do this the hard way. I'll go through the whole process of preserving a righteous seed and bringing through a legal manner into the earth a Savior I will bring someone into the earth who is qualified to shed innocent blood. I will give my very best to make it happen. I'll give my son who has been with me always. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. The Word became flesh because God was willing to walk it out the hard way to see our redemption. And He'll walk it out for your child too. He'll walk it out. He'll bring the understanding. He'll bring light where the enemy has spent years trying to make them see in darkness. The enemy has spent years trying to deceive their mind and make them think whatever wrong thing they're thinking. He's been 20 years, 30 years building up, uh, uh, sabotaging areas in their life. And in a moment, in a moment, God can bring them back to their right mind. God knows what to bring across their understanding to bring light into the darkness and darkness can't argue about the light. Darkness, darkness can't do anything. If the light comes, the darkness is gone. It's gone. But we've got to be patient. And that patience isn't suffering all those years watching what they're doing. Every time you see something that makes you agonize, just flip the switch. Just flip the switch and say, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice because I know the faithfulness of God. I'm going to rejoice and I'm just going to go ahead and see them in church with their hands lifted. I'm just going to go ahead and just just 
move past everything to the reality of the word and the reality of the word says my children shall be disciples of the Lord so I'm going to see them with their Bible open in the morning instead of smoking that joint they smoked this morning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see them with their hands lifted in the glory of God in a church service, maybe even stepping up behind the pulpit and taking the microphone and speaking out a word. Hallelujah. I'm just going to go ahead and see them walking with God. You know, it's, it's just as easy for you to imagine that as to imagine what the enemy would, would bring with the wrong ideas it's just as easy to imagine that it's just as easy to imagine that why it takes the same mental energy for you to take God at his word for you to pull that scripture up and for you to say I'm gonna let that build my imagination you know if you can have if you can have a stronghold that the enemy has worked and thanks to God's, art, God's weapons, we can, we can cast down imaginations. But there are, we could take some God imaginations and just pull them up and let that video play. Let me tell you, when I was a teenager, when I was a teenager and the enemy was trying to convince me to kill myself, I have attempts where I'd slice my wrist trying to kill myself. I took pills, like whole bottles of prescription medicine trying to kill myself because the enemy was again in my mind. And so at night, while everybody, while we're all, you know, good night, everyone, good night, see y'all in the morning, go to my bed. I'm laying there with videos in my mind, videos of my funeral. I would see, I would sit there and cry for like 30 minutes. I would, each person in my family, I would imagine what it was like when my grandmother came up to my coffin. I would imagine what my grandfather would do when he came up to my coffin. I would imagine, you know, I would go through each member of my family and imagine their, their response. And you know how my mother would fall across the casket and, and wail and scream and all of that, that video played and I didn't know then what I know today. The enemy had that video there. It started, it, the, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought into captivity. It starts as a thought. If that thought is allowed to operate it becomes an imagination and that imagination will exalt itself against or above the knowledge of God. And then if you allow it to continue, it will build up a fortress, a stronghold, wrong ideas. And that, that thought started with Ozzy Osbourne's suicide solution that I played every day, all day long. A song that talked about suicide, 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 suicide. That thought continually working until I'm cutting my wrist and taking pills and having this video play. That's how it works. But we can take different thoughts and have different videos and have different responses. We take the, the thoughts of God, which are more real. Everything in the video that the devil played for me was a lie. It wasn't even real. It, there wasn't even really any reality to it. But he was motivating me in a certain direction with thoughts that became imaginations, that became fortresses or strongholds. Why don't we just have a stronghold of the word? Why don't we just take the thoughts of God until we see ourselves? Is that what Joshua chapter 1? So that you may observe to do according to all. That's seeing. Observe to do it. See yourself doing it. See yourself. See your children serving God. See it. And then you let that video play. And, the, and you open your eyes and you're, you look on and you're like, oh my goodness. 
Close that down and go back to your video. Your video is based on truth. Your, the video playing in your mind that you, you gained all of those details from the scripture, that's based on reality. The reality is, great shall be the peace of my children, and my children shall be taught of the Lord. The reality is, by his stripes I am healed. The reality is, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. The reality is, so let me build a video and let that be the imaginations of my heart. So that I'm seeing God's word every time I close my eyes. Hallelujah. 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 Patience. Do you see? If I've got faith... And I've got strong faith, but then I give up. Without endurance, my faith is only is limited until my patience runs out. But if I'm cultivating my patience, I can keep on believing. Hallelujah. Energizer Bunny don't have anything on me. Come on, I just keep going and going and going and going, right? That endurance. God is able to work in us a supernatural endurance that will override the test of time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hold steadfast. Look at Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3. And verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ... If we hold the beginning of our confidence, that's an indicator of faith. If we hold the beginning through, uh, hold the beginning steadfast unto the end. Hold the beginning steadfast unto the end. Hold that beginning steadfast unto the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is an example. This is an example. If we hold fast the beginning of our faith, the beginning of our confidence, that when we took the word and we were excited about the word and we were like, yes, that's the answer to what I'm dealing with, yes, That's what God said about my situation. Yes, I'm taking hold of that. But now I've got to hold it. I've got it, but now I've got to hold it. Now, this this word, uh, hold fast, let me show you another example in Hebrews 10 and verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. It just said I need to hold it fast. That beginning of my confidence, I've got to hold it. Now he says, don't cast it away. Why? Because it has a great recompense of reward. You have need of patience. Patience helps me not to cast my confidence away. It is possible to cast the confidence away. It is possible to have that at the beginning and then not hold on to it and let it go, casting it away and losing that confidence and then I don't have the reward or the outcome of my faith. For my faith to, uh, for, for there to be the manifestation of the thing I'm believing for, I've got to let the whole process continue until the manifestation comes. Hallelujah. How do I do that? I have need of patience. I have need of patience that after I've done the will of God, I might receive the promise. Can can we look at the parable of the sower? Luke 8. Let's look at Luke's version. Luke 8. Now, Jesus said, if you understand what's in this parable, it's the key to understanding all my other parables. It's the key to understanding the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like this ground and this seed. 
Because the seed is the word, he explained, and the ground is the heart of people. There isn't a problem with the seed. But in this parable, in this teaching, we find out that there are four examples and only one of them brings forth a result, a manifestation of the word. It's not a problem with the word. It wasn't bad seed in the first three. The seed was the same in all four examples. The word was the same in all four examples. The condition of the heart is what made the difference. And the condition of the heart, we see that one specifically is one that didn't have an endurance. It didn't have that steadfastness. So let's look here in Luke 8. And I want to start in verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root. The Weiss translation says, uh, let me finish this, they have no root, which for a while believe, and in a time of temptation they fall away. They have no root, so they start out with that beginning of confidence, but they don't hold it fast till the end. Somewhere between the beginning and the end, they lost their confidence. They cast away their confidence. Why? Because they didn't have root. The Weist, Kenneth E. Weiss translation of the New Testament says, during a season when they are being tested by trials, during a season when they are being tested by trials, which was what the story version that Jesus explained, the sun came out. Right? The seed went into the ground. It started to grow. It had a layer of rock underneath, so the roots didn't go down very deep because they, it, they, they hit dirt, but under the dirt was a layer of stone, a layer of rock. So there, it looked like there was growth. It looked like the words coming forth. It looked like there is going to be a manifestation But then when the sun came out, what do you need when the sun comes out? Think about Psalm 1 and Jeremiah 17. Psalm chapter 1 says, meditate in the word and you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. That you will not, uh, you will not, um, Hallelujah. I just got to quote the whole thing to get to it. I have to do the same thing with my social security number. I got to start. They said, give me the last four of your social. I got to say the whole thing. So, so Psalm chapter one, verse three, he says uh, that the law of the Lord is his meditation day and night. Oh, thank you. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in season. His leaf shall not wither. His leaf. Why would a leaf wither? No water supply. So if that plant has dirt only deep enough to start growing, but when the heat comes, it can't get to a water supply. It's going to wither. Jeremiah 17 says, they shall not see when heat comes. That person who who doesn't trust in the Lord, but trusts in man, they, they will wither in the heat. But the one who trusts in the Lord shall not see when heat comes. In other words, heat's coming. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't move me. Why? Because I have a water supply. I have roots that have gone down deep. Well, this plant didn't. Jesus said they had no root. They have no root, and so they start believing, for a while believe, and in time of temptation, they fall away. No endurance. What do we need for endurance? Water. Water. The Word is the water. The Word 
cultivates and the word strengthens and feeds that fruit. If to cultivate the fruit of patience, you're going to have to feed on the word. You're going to have to go back to that word that you're standing on, that you're believing with, that you're using as your focus, as your schematic, that that blueprint that you're looking at and feed on it and feed on it and feed on it. Not read it. Read it out loud. Read it over and over again. I'm talking about spiritual feeding. You got to chew to, to, to eat, right? You got to chew to eat. You put it in your mouth and chew it. So you got to put the word in your mouth and chew it. You got to put the word in your mouth and say, Great is the peace of my children, and my children shall be taught of the Lord. What did you say? I'm not talking. I said nothing. I'm, I'm okay. Great is the, I'm not talking to you. I'm chewing. Great is the peace of my children, and my children shall be taught of the Lord. What did you say? I'm chewing. I'm, I'm, I, I was just talking to myself. That's muttering. In the law of the Lord will he meditate, mutter, night and day. Hallelujah. So we've got to let that word feed us. We've got to go to it, and we've got to chew on it, and put it in our mouth, and put it in our heart, and put it in our mouth, and put it in our heart. Brother Hagen made the statement and he said, if you can't see yourself with the thing that you were believing for, you've let the word depart from your eyes. If you can't see yourself with it, you've let the word depart from your eyes. So how do I, I put the word back up there in my eyes, in my ears, Proverbs 4 says, right? So that it gets down in my heart. And then when I have it abundantly in my heart, I guard that, I maintain it, I upkeep it so that I continue to stay full not driving around on half tank, not driving around on a quarter tank. I'm going to keep my tank full of the word. I'm going to keep my tank full of that promise. Amen. Guard it, maintain it, upkeep it. Hallelujah. So this, this scripture here is talking about endurance. It's talking about this, this believing and continuing to believe. So it's not just up to my faith. If my faith doesn't have patience working with it, then I'm going to run short before the time of that manifestation. Hallelujah. I want unto the end. Unto the end. That's what I want. So Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence, 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 diligence. Diligence means, stay with it. Do that diligently, steadfastly. Continue, continue. We desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope when... Unto the end. Unto the end. You remember I told you about Pastor Steele and the marathons. And so Pastor Steele's determination when he, and he with the whole time that he is training for a marathon and his determination as he goes into that marathon is I'm going to finish the marathon. And even when he was 20 miles into that last marathon and injured his calf muscle, he said, I'm going to finish the marathon if I have to drag this leg across the finish line. And he, he had to walk it out. He walked the rest of the way, but he walked the rest of the way because he said, I will not have a did not finish behind my name. <laughs> that was his determination from the beginning. I'm not going to have a DNF instead of a number, when they pull up my record for that, it's his own personal diligence. I'm going to make myself finish. I'm going to make myself finish. Well, that's for a natural competition, or not really a competition, but uh, 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 endeavor. In our situation, we're, we're working with the Word of God. The Word of God's not going to quit on us. The Word of God's not going to quit. God's not going to quit on us. He's not going to throw away the covenant and say, this is just too much. This is just taking too long. And no, He's not going to quit. 
So the only one who is even possible that we're going to quit would be us. We've got to make the determination. I'm not going to quit. As long as the word is available to me, I can keep going. And so this unto the end needs to be our objective. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sprinting. I'm running an endurance race. My marriage is not a sprint. My marriage is not a sprint. My marriage is for the rest of our lives. Amen? One of the, the conditions that we set for ourselves was divorce is not an option. Never, we, don't, we never in any argument even brought up, I'm leaving, I'm divorcing you. Why? Those words are not allowed in my mouth. They're not allowed in my mouth because words are seeds. And so even when in, in the early years of our marriage, when we would disagree and, and be at odds and maybe even raise our voices and, and have a heated discussion, even if we went to other rooms, neither one of us ever left the house and neither one of us ever threatened divorce because we had determined at the onset we're not using those words in a disagreement. And there were t it's like the enemy has cue cards and just brings it up to your face while you're in the middle of that argument and then say this, you know, say this, that divorce, 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 divorce. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. Because those thoughts were right out there and I knew they were not from in here. Where are they coming from? But we looked at it from the beginning and said, we want to be together forever. We don't want there to be an expiration on this relationship, so we're not going to even allow those thoughts or those words to be a part of a disagreement. Amen? Amen? Patience, patience, patience. Hallelujah. He says, unto the end. And then he says this, and we're going to close right here. Be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience. What a contrast. Slothful, it's not a word we use a lot today. You know, um, a sloth, have you, have you watched any of those nature shows and seen a sloth? <laughs> he said it's ugly. They're so slow. I thought it was just an exaggeration like on a cartoon or something that they would show a sloth and how, but it's really the thing. I mean, the people in the zoo, I was watching this one documentary and this, the people in the zoo that were feeding the sloth, they needed patience to feed that animal because it took so long for that animal to eat. It would, it would take and reach very slowly. And then pull it back to its mouth very slowly. And you're like, come on! <laughs> Eat that berry! Come on! <laughs> so slothful, he says for us not to be slothful, which means slow to act. Don't be slothful, but with faith and patience, inherit the promise. Be not slothful, but followers. In other words, don't put it off. Don't say, don't, don't draw back from it. Don't hesitate. Don't, don't set it aside and say, I'll get around to it. Be a follower of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself saying surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you that was the promise God made and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise after he had patiently stayed with it after he had patiently continued, 
Take the pain out of the word endure. Just because in my, in my mind, naturally, endure means pain. Well, I endured that. Like you go to a, a, a singing. <laughs> Y'all ain't never been to a singing? And there were some of the songs, some of the specials you had to endure. Y'all ever, y'all ever been to one of the, or, or talent show, the kids' talent show, and you're like, oh, right? You endured it, and it hurt, but you sat through it, and you didn't enjoy it, but you sat through it, and it wasn't comfortable, but you sat through it. I endured it, but that's not what God is talking about. That's not the scripture. That's not the definition of the Bible word endure, but we're still in victory, My enduring is a victorious enduring. My enduring is just pulling that time restraint off of of the situation and keeping my faith focused on God. You know what? I'm not moved by the time. God's still at work. Even when I can't see it, He's working. Amen? He's at work on that situation because His Word will not return to Him empty. We've sent the word, I sent the word to that situation so the word won't come back without accomplishing the will of God in that situation. Hallelujah. Enduring is not painful. Patient endurance is just staying in that victory place, maintaining your focus on the promise of God, on the faithfulness of God, and just just enjoying him until the situation comes to a full harvest. Amen? Father, thank you for your word that strengthens us and feeds us with a supernatural spiritual supply. Lord, we accept and embrace this instruction to be steadfast. We embrace this instruction to be steady in our faith. And we thank you for the fruit of patience that we pull out in that test and in that trial and we put it to work. Let patience have her perfect work. That completing, finishing work in us, Lord. That we can be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. I want to give an opportunity if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Everything that we've talked about, the victory, the help, the fruit available begins by accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. If you're here today and you would say, I need to know Jesus as my Lord. I need to be washed by His blood to be forgiven of my sins. Help me to know Jesus. If that's you, would you lift your hand and I want to pray with you today. We want to make sure everyone is secure in your walk with God. You know that you're born again. You know that you're saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Say this with me. Father, let your patience have its work in me. Teach me how to yield to that fruit of patience, how to put it to work and undergird my faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, did you receive today?